Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Anybody remember the show Cold Case? It used to be on CBS on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. They did an entire uh, sort of uh, investigation uh, deploying all the different songs from the boss. It was awesome. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you at Rogers Place, where tomorrow the Edmonton Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes' final game for the Oilers before the All-Star break. Tell you that guests in the show receive your certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Roos Chris. The 99th Roos Chris was opened up on 9990 Jasper Avenue in Edmonton. That number 99, I don't know. It's got a connection to Edmonton somehow, some way. To the Oilers now, headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. On the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we are pleased to be joined every Friday by one of our favorite guys from Toronto, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing there, Bob? Not bad. You got a favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Oh, I mean, like, can I go with like all of them? Yeah, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Springsteen guy. I've always had, uh, um, you know, I've always liked Badlands. Like, I try to pick. I mean, you could pick the all the big ones, like Born to Run and all that stuff, which is a great song. But I've always liked the live versions of Badlands. They, they really they get to me in some ways. What about the river? Oh, of course. I mean, he came to Toronto uh, a couple years ago. And I was lucky enough to get uh, floor seats, and he did the whole river, top to bottom. It was, it was pretty spectacular. I mean, uh, I, do you ever listen to Spinning Chicklets? Oh, occasionally, yes. Okay, so they had Scott Gomez on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Scott Gomez told the story about how Lou Lamorello uh, took, uh, had him go to a Springsteen concert, and he said, watch how hard he works. And, you know, the one thing is, you know, in this day and age, it's expensive to go out and be entertained, whether it's a hockey game, a concert, a dinner, whatever. And uh, so you want to feel you get your money's worth. But but that guy, you always get your money's worth. Like, you know, Springsteen's going to put on a show. You know, Scott Gomez is a good dude. And uh, I know that because uh, he's very good friends with Jack Michaels. Scott played up for the Alaska 
uh, aces. Is that what they were called? Uh, anyways, back in 0405 in the lockout year, and he stayed uh, in contact with Jack. And every time the Oilers would go wherever Scott Gomez was playing, I couldn't find Jack. Now, early in the re- <laughs> early in the relationship that I had with Jack, at that stage, I didn't realize that Jack was just avoiding me. Uh, but as I now do know what he's doing. But uh, anyways, uh, Scott Gomez is a good guy. There's no question about that. And that scored a lot of points with me. I don't know how many NHLers have taken you for uh, dinner over the years. but uh, Not many. Yeah, uh, me neither. That probably doesn't <laughs> surprise you. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of... Big game of, tomorrow, man. What's that? Big game tomorrow. How about the Pacific Division right now, Elliot? Oh, it's tight. It's it's tight. Was it uh, two points from one to five? Yes. And suddenly you know, the Oilers... All you can ask for as a, as a fan, the games are going to be meaningful. Oh, yeah. And suddenly the Oilers have gone from playing the most in the Pacific Division to playing the least. They haven't played, you know, there's three, uh, two teams that have played. Vancouver and Edmonton have played 48. Uh, yeah. So Calgary's played 49. They got 57 points. Arizona's played 50. They're at 57. Vancouver's mm-hmm. played 48. They're at 56. Vegas is at 50. They've played 56. And the Oilers are games at 48. They got 55. So... It's all there for Edmonton to go get. That's a beautiful thing. You know what? The thing is, what you got to do is you got to win those games when they come up. And that one tomorrow is huge. I didn't think Arizona played that bad yesterday, but Markstrom was really good. Markstrom was really good. We've already discussed that a bit. All right, Elliot, I want to follow up on some stuff that was in your immensely popular 31 Thoughts. Uh, And we'll start with... Uh, what the heck happened in Vegas with uh, Gerard Gallant? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I did not see that coming. I didn't see it coming either. And it's it's interesting, some of the reactions, Bob, I've gotten over the um, uh, uh, the reactions I've gotten from coaches and the coaching fraternity. Um, there were some people that were really upset because they felt that, well, first of all, they, they looked at the job he did and they're like, you know what? He uh, he did a really good job. I mean, he went to the Stanley Cup final one year, and, and in a rookie season, there was the most ridiculous beating that they had last year in the playoffs. Like nobody could believe how they lost. Agreed. And then and then he's the Pacific Division All Star coach this year, and and look what happens. Like they he gets fired. So and I think the other thing that really surprised people was there was a rumor in coaching circles that he was about to get an extension. So I think that really threw people in a lot of crazy directions. Um, now, I did have someone who said to me that there were um, that there was a sign that in the last couple of years, the last couple of weeks, that they were frustrated with the way they were going and they didn't like the way they were playing and it didn't come as a huge surprise to them. But those were some people who would see more than I would um, I would say that most people felt that, um, that most people felt that you know he was going to get an extension. They were very surprised, and I think what happened, as Brian Burke has said, is that Peter DeBoer became available. And the timelines do fit because if you go from potential expansion talk to getting fired, uh, DeBoer was unemployed for 35 days when they hired him, and they felt that if they didn't take him, he was going to go somewhere else. And so you know there we go. I think that's kind of why it happened. Yeah, uh, and I do not cast aspersions on any other organization. I'm in year 12 of doing color for the Edmonton Oilers and year 11 of hosting, you know, the Oilers' daily show. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, as you know, I did a, a drive show for five years before that. So yes. in the eight years before I came to the Oilers, they had one GM and one head coach, Kevin Lone, yep. Greg Patavish. 
in my 12 years, Dave Tippett is the ninth head coach, and Ken Holland's the fourth GM. Well, so you know you don't want you don't want that. You don't want that, and you end up being the Cleveland Browns, and so that's why. The, the the tenor that Holland and Tippett have provided, I think, are part of the reason why maybe Edmonton, it, the Oilers are where the fans want. I mean, in a perfect world, you want Edmonton with 70 points, but let's be realistic here. You're probably pretty happy with where the team's at right now, and I do think, you know, the organization has to build some uh, some consistency. I just look at that situation in Vegas, and I don't really get it. But I defer to the people that make those decisions in that organization. Well, I think what happens too, Bob, is that when you when you go to the Stanley Cup in your first year, I think you 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 could create some crazy expectations. And I think the owner there is very demanding. Yeah. Um, And you know, I think they were hoping for more. So that's kind of what happens. Like, look, like this is this is a crazy volatile business. Like the wildest stat out of all of this is that Joel Quenville, who was hired last April is now the 18th longest-serving head coach in the NHL. It's unbelievable. That's everything you need to know about what's going on here. All right. Now, let's talk about a GM thing that shook down yep. over the last uh, couple of weeks. And you wrote about it extensively in 31 Thoughts. And uh, Tyler Dello, who was with the Edmonton Oilers organization for two seasons, was traveled with the team a bit uh, with mm-hmm. Dallas Aikens and Dallas Aikens' uh, second year before he was ultimately replaced. Uh, Tyler Dello, Matt Cade were hired as analytics types. Yep. Ray Shiro had his own analytics person uh, without the published experience of both Dello and Cade in position already. And it seems like ownership, you know, the Sixers are a heavy analytics team. This is a really interesting story with Ray Shiro's firing, isn't it? Well, I think it goes deeper than just the analytics. Like, like the one thing I tried to paint when I wrote the uh, blog is that there's a lot of, like, New Jersey wants there to be a lot of people involved in the decision-making. Um, you know, I mentioned the owners, Josh Harris, David Blitzer. Like, DMs talk all the time, like, how much do you need have to meet with your owner? How much do you talk to your owner? And I, I think the New Jersey guys are very involved. I, I, think, I think that if you were to put a, a scale of, amount of times a GM has to talk with their owner or meet with their owner, I think New Jersey would be very high. And um, I think especially when the season started off as poorly as it did and they were st- they knew they were going to start engaging in Taylor Hall talks, it was it was really high. And so I, I think in addition to the analytics, there's that, you know, they have a, an organizational CEO, they have an organizational president, they have a team president, they have Shiro's guys, uh, Fitzgerald and McKinnon, and then they have the uh, analytics guys, Tyler and, and Matt Kane. And I think that all of that, um, all of that was a lot for Shiro. And, and Shiro's a pretty guarded guy. Yep. Um, I, I think that, you know, as you know, there's, there's GMs who are, like, they're all secretive to some degree, but there's some guys who are really secretive. And, and Shiro was in the really secretive category, and they wanted it to be more collaborative, more voices. Plus, also, there's Martin Brodeur. I think as, as this year continued and they were struggling, they want Brodeur to be around a bit more to get his opinion. So I think Shiro saw all of this, and he was like, I don't like this. I don't want this many people involved. And I think they were like, well, this is the way we want it. So when people talk about why it broke up, I think that was a lot of the reason. Now, the thing I mentioned about analytics, and somebody pointed out to me since I wrote that article, that the Devils have gone through uh, quite a few 
uh, analytics people. There was Sonny Mehta. There was Rachel Dory. Uh, like Tyler McKean were the third uh, itineration of this group. So, but the one thing about it was when the job got posted, it got posted with a way that it said that you don't report to the GM, you report more to ownership. And, um, you know, I, I think that for, for people who are looking at it from, uh, am I interested in the devil's job? They want to know what that kind of means. So, I, like, I, I wrote that I'm I not trying to say anyone submarined anyone else here, and people took it to mean, well, you're not you're writing that, but you're kind of hinting it. No, I'm not. I, that's just the way I wrote it, and I meant it that way. But I just think the overall amount of people that the Devils wanted to have decision-making power in there or at least be part of the conversation, I don't think Ray Shiro liked it. And as they try to rebuild, um, I, I don't think the ownership and people there said, well, if, if, if you don't like that, then you're not going to be part of it either. And I think that's what it came down to. I can't imagine, Elliot, what it'd be like uh, to come into a situation where you're providing the ownership with information. That's completely... What do you mean? That's completely... Uh, that whole scenario where you're reporting to ownership as an outside source into uh, analytics, I can't imagine what that... I, I can't imagine that happens anywhere else. All right. Anyhow... Well, uh, I, well you know what, Bob? You know what I think that is? Uh, what I think that is is that they'd already gone through two versions of it, right? Yeah. So I think they were trying to say, well, let's change the way that this is going to work. But, you know, like, I just think that what it shows is at the end of the day is that it came down to whoever goes into New Jersey, whether it's Brodeur, and Brodeur's not going to be the GM, but maybe he's in the Shanahan role. He's the president. Or, Yep. Maybe Tom Fitzgerald keeps the job. I think it's possible. Or maybe they go out and they talk, get somebody else. I, I don't know what the answer is here, but I just think that that person is going to want to know, like, how does this work exactly? And I think that's the and and I think the Devils are going to say to them, we want this to be a big group of collaboration. And you know, as you know, these guys are really secretive. And they're not always comfortable with that. So it's something that's just got to be negotiated, I guess. Let's do some quick hitters. Uh, okay. Would the Toronto Maple Leafs trade Kasperi Kapanen? Would they trade him? I mean, I mean, everybody could get traded. But put it this way, I think, I think if they ever did that, you're going to look at the deal and say, okay, that makes sense. Like, like I'll tell you this. I remember when they traded for Kapanen, uh, it was in the Phil Kessel deal. And it was, I think, a year after he got drafted, and he had a really down year. Yep. And uh, and I remember Kyle Dubas did that deal before Lamorello came in, and I remember I remember asking him, like, you know, hey, what are you seeing here with Kapanen? Because people are really down on him. And he just said, look, I, I think that he had a really rough year, but I'm uh, I'm not really interested in writing off a guy after one rough year. We really liked him in his draft year, and we really think there's a player there. And I think that Kapanen is a physically gifted guy who I think is struggling a little bit this year. I don't think him and Keith had all that warm a relationship when they were in the AHL together. But I think Dubas in particular sees Kapanen's gifts and talent, and he's willing to be patient. So I think the cost would be high if they know Kapanen. All right, let's do some quick hitters. So New Jersey, Fitzgerald's running the show, at least on the temporary uh, timeline. Uh, could you see Vaughn and Simmons being traded, and what would the request be for those two guys? Uh, 
Oh, I think I think they'll. I think in Vanya's case, they'll at least try to talk and see about what it'll take to keep him. Um, I think there's a lot of interest in Vatnin. Um, but I think Simmons doesn't want to be traded, but he knows he doesn't control it. Um, I, I think I think they're going to talk to Vatnin, and if that and depending on what the answer is there, they'll they'll put him out there and see what they can get. Vatnin is represented by Jerry Johansson. I know you referenced Jerry in regards to Brendan Gallagher and Carey Price. Seattle for Price? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, you know, he's got a no move clause, right? Yep. He controls it. It's interesting. I mean, that 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 expansion draft is is over a year away. I mean, Bob, we could all be hit by buses by then. It depends on how he's playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything out of LA with uh, Toffoli? I mean, Calgary's opened up some cap space. I know uh, your competitors last night were mentioning that Edmonton and Calgary might be both looking for some top six help. Um, the one thing about Calgary was it might have changed, but initially they were looking for someone with term. Yeah. Um, like everybody knows the full what the price is. The full has been out there for a while. Um, I think Boston was also looking at him. What's the so price? I, I think it's probably a second rounder and a prospect. Yeah. I think that's what LA would. would um, I, uh, congratulations on your boy, Mr. J. All right. Uh, sorry, the Blackhawks were just practicing here, and Greg Kajula's dad walked by, and I was just saying oh. congratulations. We'll say hi to Sal for us, okay? Okay, we'll do. Um, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I think the, I think it's a second in a prospect, because that sounds what it's like in that area. Okay. Anything going to fly with Detroit here? Athanasiu, I know he's injured right now. Well, uh, the tough thing with Detroit is, I think they would move guys. But a lot of their guys, their value hasn't been great this year. Mm-hmm. Like Athanasiu, he was a 30-goal scorer last year. He's had a really, really rough year. Um, so his value's down. Like Mike Green, like his, his, his value's probably down. Like that's the tough thing for the wins. A lot of their guys have had tough seasons. And, I mean, like, you know, the guys who would have the best value, are you trading Anthony Mantha? No. Are you trading Dylan Larkin? No. So that's the thing. Like, those are your guys with your best value. Yeah, I think Athanasio could be in play at some point. Well, I think I don't think there's any question about that. I think he's, I think he's definitely out there. I just think that if you're trading him now, you're trading him at the lowest possible value. Would Minnesota trade Eric Stahl? I think the bigger question is, was Eric Stahl want to be traded? He hated his rental experience last time. Right. He he really hated it. He didn't like it. And he didn't want to go last year, and they re-signed him. Um, I think his preference is not to get dealt in season. Yeah, that's a really provincial market. It's a unique place, Minnesota. And there's some teams that go in there. It's a tough place to play, and it's not because they got a good team. It's just it's just blah when you go there now. It's it's it's. Oh, that, that, they're gonna love you the next time you go too there. Too bad they've had. Uh, I, I, just, gotta, I gotta I gotta tell you, like all these Oilers, uh, what are you calling it, Oilers lunch these days, bud? What Oilers now? Yes. Okay, Oilers now. Um, I think I think what you got all the Oilers now listeners. And I know this is the big show in Edmonton because Bob always tells me that you want to be on the big show, and that's why I'm here. I think you should tweet at people from Minnesota with what Bob just said. I'm just them. saying they have the type of team that doesn't upset you. You go in there, and it's like rope-a-dope hockey, right? And it's you're in St. Paul, and it's sleepy, and there's nothing going on. 
Oh, you guys all have to send this clip to all the Minnesota fans so that Bob gets the appropriate welcome. The next and I want to see Bill Guerin be successful because he is a great guy. I want you to know that. Yeah, he is a great guy. Is Dumba going to get, gonna get traded out of there? You know, I, I think Guerin's going to be willing to, to consider a lot of things. I do. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's too many untouchables there. There you have it. Uh, hey, great stuff, Elliot. Thanks for uh, making me, you know, it's not. It's bad enough that I'm hated in Edmonton, but now I'm going to be hated in Minnesota, too, because of you. It, you know what? If, if they hate you, that means you're making an impression, Bob. Is that the it? The worst is that they ignore you. We went the whole time without talking about Kachuk and Cassian. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I think the league would like it that way. They, uh, they Both those teams got warned. I'm, I think you're going to get... A, uh, a you're going to get a, a serious executive visit on the 29th. Yeah, as uh, Sportsnet moves that game from a regional to a national broadcast. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that. <laughs> I can't speak on the grounds that it may incriminate me. All right, thanks, Sam Giancana. Uh, right. Elliot, have a terrific week. All right, speak to you, buddy. Take See you. care. 12.52 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. That's Elliot Friedman for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Connor McDavid still leading the NHL scoring race with 74 points. Drysaddle second with 73 uh, and now we got a bunch of guys tied at 68, including the red-hot Artemi Panarin. This is Oilers now emanating today from Rogers Place, where tomorrow the Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes' 1 o'clock puck drop. Still some tickets available. Visit EdmontonOilers.com for more information. Tonight at Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Prince Albert Raiders. You can join Oilers now on a great road trip to the terrific city of Chicago. It's in March. You'll see the Oilers play the Blackhawks. This package includes... Terrific uh, lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly, some special guests as well. We've had some great guests over the years, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field for the Oilers now Chicago Roadie. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. Quick text, you can text us um, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line and Dustin has texted the show at 780-496-0063 firing your coach for hanging around the playoffs when your 35-year-old goaltender is having an off year and you have no real backup is bananas. Anybody who's been around for more than a week knows that the game should be called mostly goalie. Dustin, a.k.a. born in a Gretzky jersey. There you have it. Uh, you can text us at any time. Uh, LB in Calgary says, Bob, I think it's great you didn't talk to Elliot about Kachuk. Let's not give him any more time. Well, the league's going to be monitoring it nonetheless, but Emerson's got some business to do tomorrow against the Coyotes. We'll take a timeout, go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Tom Anselmi is the chief operating officer for the Oilers Entertainment Group. He's been on the uh, job for about six months. We'll get an update from him. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.